The Big Rap Show podcast is kindly sponsored by G1 Reads. They are the champion's choice, with many bands around the world playing G1 products, including two-time world champions in Vararian District. So check out G1Reads.com as they keep the lights on here at the Big Rap Show podcast. Well, hello there everyone and welcome to another Big Rab Show podcast. Yes, we are back again and uh, what a week. (laughs) I don't know, it seems to be, I'm saying this each and every episode, but seriously, what the heck is going on in the bagpiping world? Uh, This past week has been absolutely insane. I've never seen anything like it. And we're going to get into it, all right? We're going to get all the drama, all, just all of it, all right? (laughs) Oh, my. So, yes, if you're tuning in to this week's episode because of the title, then, yes, it is quite an incredible episode, not going to lie, with a proper decent interview coming up. Uh, So that is this week's topic of the week. We're not going to dwell on all the negativity, all the craziness that's going on in the piping world we will talk about it all right but yes to those of you who want to hear the interview yes you're quite quite welcome but also please stay for the drama because it's been such an interesting week oh my word anyway yes welcome (laughs) we are the big grab show we are the show for the bagpiping folk so if it's got bagpipes in it or around it or near it at all then we are the show for you reflecting everything in the bagpiping world be it celtic or folk music or our bread and butter which is competitive piping and drumming uh, which hasn't really been happening this past while and um Will it happen in future? <laughs> we'll talk about that as well. Oh my word. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, with each and every podcast, we introduce more people to what we do, what we know and what we love. And that's exactly why we're here. We're 190 episodes plus now, baby. And we're introducing more folk to what we do every week. If anything, last week we've seen quite a substantial jump in our download figures this past week. So hello to everyone. And if anything, we're getting messages from people who's actually have been checking out our back catalogue. Uh, some people who just discovered us, actually, this past couple of weeks on Spotify. Uh, so, hello, all of our Spotify listeners. Uh, but, of course, hello to all our Google Podcast listeners, our Podbean guys, our iTunes people, uh, Stitcher folk as well. Hello, everyone on Stitcher. We are just everywhere at the moment on podcasts. And everywhere you can find us, we're there. Uh, but, yeah, we did notice quite a big jump recently. So, hello to all of our new listeners. And, yeah, check out the back catalogue. We've got a huge wealth of material back there that you guys can go and check out at your leisure. Right, with each and every podcast, we do mention it like every other podcast out there. We do have a Patreon page. Yes, if you would like to help support us, then you can do. Go and click on support on The Big Rab Show on Patreon. And every click of support really does mean the world to us. Uh, The link is in the show notes. Actually, you can go and help support us. And you will get access to loads and loads of extra stuff. In fact, this interview that's on this week's podcast has been available to our Patreon subscribers now for a few weeks. Actually, they've had access to it. And they've also seen the video of it as well. So, yeah, if you do want to see all of the exclusive stuff to come and, you know, all of... I don't know. Head to Patreon. There's so much stuff back there. If anything, we're really quite proud of what we're doing over there. Exclusive catch-up episodes as well of Fuse FM Balamoni. 
So if you do miss our live two-hour radio show every week, you can just head over to Patreon and yeah, just download it and take it with you. There you go. And yeah, you do get kind of exclusive uh, producer rights over there as well because anyone over there on Patreon who do... Uh, like to contribute and you know suggest possible topics of the week then yeah they're obviously thrown to the top of the heap when it comes to producing future episodes so there you go go over head over to patreon click support and help support the show but if you don't want to then that's fine don't worry we will still continue to produce episodes of the big rab show podcast compete completely free and you can download us and catch up with all the latest news and views around the world from this past week yes Now, also, don't forget our ongoing promotion with the Piper's Dojo. That is still happening. A lot of people are still interested in that, so we're not going to remove it anytime soon. Go along to the Big Rab Show website, bigrabshow.com forward slash dojo, where we have two ongoing promotions with the dojo. I don't need to tell you what they are because I keep mentioning them every single episode, but that's where they are, bigrabshow.com forward slash dojo. If you are interested in some online tuition and also how to learn some hints and tips on how to tune your bagpipes and stuff, that one's really invaluable. But there you go. It's on the Big Rab Show website. It's over there now. That's where it's at. Okay. Now, this week's episode of the Big Rab Show podcast is no different from any other previous episode uh, because we will start with some listener mail. Yeah. Our email address, bigrabshow at gmail. Dot com has been really quite busy this last while, but it's all basically on one particular topic that we'll mention in this week's piping news. So we're not going to bring you the listener mail at the start of the show because it all relates to the one news story. As I'm sure you guys are know, I'm sure you know exactly what I'm going to be talking about. Yeah, the impending resignation. We'll talk about it. Okay, we'll come to that. But um. Yeah, right at the start of the show, I really wanted to introduce to you guys a new section of the show. Yes, we're bringing a new feature to the Big Rab Show podcast. Now, this, we hope, will be a weekly feature on the Big Rab Show. Now, over this past number of months, in fact, since we've done our episode called Hater Mail, uh, where we delved into the archives and brought you some of the the hate mail that we get here on the Big Rab Show. It's still coming through, believe it or not. We still do get the odd message of hate mail. And uh, a lot of people out there seem to be kind of aggrieved with how we do things. So we thought this was kind of an opportunity for us now to introduce a weekly feature. We do pride ourselves on being the show for the bagpipe and folk. And you guys email us in all the time. You tweet us, you Facebook us, you all of that. We get a load of messages, and a lot of times those messages don't actually make it to the air because either they're seen as really controversial or, you know, maybe, I don't know, for some reason they just don't hit the airwaves. Well, this is what we're hoping to do with our brand new feature, which we're calling the Weekly Drone. Yes, the weekly drone. Now, this isn't an idea of ours, really. Because, yeah, we've been getting a number of complaints saying, Oh, Rab, you're always sitting on the fence. You're always so politically correct when it comes to the big topics. Why don't you just tell it warts and all? Well, we are opening the doors to you guys. We are asking you for your genuine opinions. And if you want to send us in your hate mail and all of that sort of stuff, then yes, we'll bring that to the air. Now, what we're going to do is each week we will get feedback from you guys on some of the big topics of the day, such as 
the headquarters redevelopment. Uh, you know, we have talked about sexism in the past as well. Judging the RSPBA finances, anything that you guys want to talk about, uh, but you think that we won't touch with the town foot, foot pole here, then we challenge you, send us in your email, and we will read it here on The Weekly Drone. Now, it won't be me who's reading it, but it may be someone else. Uh, so, yeah, we will be reading your thoughts and presenting them, but not as the viewpoint of ourselves in the Rab Show, but the viewpoint of you guys, the piping folk. And this is the whole point. The Weekly Drone is going to be your voice. It's going to be an open mic for you guys to do as you please. Now, there will be censorship to the point where I will remove swearing. (laughs) Yeah, because we are a family-friendly show, and we will also remove anything that is accusational and maybe you know, cause for legal action in the future. We don't want to get ourselves in any kind of legal trouble here by pointing the finger at someone and making all sorts of crazy accusations. Other than that, it's an open forum. You guys can have at it. It's an open mic. And seriously, anything goes here. Um, And like I said, we will be reading your emails verbatim. We will edit for swearing. We'll cut that out. Name calling, accusations, stuff like that that could have legal implications. That's the only stuff that we're going to edit out. Other than that, it's an open door. If you're interested in what I'm talking about or basically have no clue what I'm talking about, then listen to next week's podcast. This is a feature that we're going to be working at now over the next number of weeks, and we do hope that it'll work. We do think that this will be a useful outlet for you guys in the piping world to just vent and just talk about things that you guys are concerned about, you're worried about, or just dang right annoyed with, you know? Each week on our, our other favourite podcast, the Chandler Rant guys, they start their podcast with, do you know what's really annoyed me this week? <laughs> well, this is going to be something similar, but we are asking you guys to keep it focused with the bagpiping world. So if you want to moan about your bandmates not showing up to practice, or if you just want to complain about just how difficult that read is to blow, and why won't your pipe major change it for you, or, you know, maybe you're having a look at some of the bigger problems in the bagpiping world, you know? Like how expensive it is to get to games and everything, or perhaps a complaint about venues and how you think they're great, or maybe they're terrible. Guys, this is an open mic forum for a brand new section called The Weekly Drone, and it's your voice. I have to stress that it's your voice, it's not ours here in The Rab Show, where we write a script and we present it as a show. No, this is you guys presenting the narrative here. Hope that makes sense. And if it doesn't, then catch next week's episode where we will present The Weekly Drone for the first time, and hopefully you'll get the gist. But the whole idea behind it is that we're basically throwing the microphone open for you guys to have your voice here on The Big Rab Show. Because that's been one of the biggest complaints, actually, we've been getting this last while, is that we're not bringing the voice of the pipe band folk because we're heavily editing everything and avoiding controversy. I kind of disagree. I do like to present both sides of every argument, though. Uh, So, well... Today's show will be a fine example of that. Once we're talking about the big resignation, we will be presenting all sides of the argument, you know? So, yeah. These, it's so difficult to kind of describe to you guys, but basically the best way I can describe it is an open mic for the folk of the pipe band world. Whatever you want to talk about, it's an open mic forum for you guys. So there you are. The Weekly Drone, brand new section on the Big Rab Show podcast. Just launching, well, next week, hopefully. That's, yeah, starting next week. Awesome stuff.
All right, then. Let's get into some actual bagpiping news because there's been so much of it, it's ridiculous. So, (laughs) let's get into things. Well, the Blackthorn Piping Society, which we had hoped would be opening its doors this month. We were actually hoping for the Blackthorn Piping Society to... Yeah, open doors on Saturday of this week when I'm recording this. Well, they put the announcement out saying that, yeah, they're unable to proceed with this month's meeting. So, I don't know. This week's episode will be talking all about cancellations, I suppose. But yeah, Blackthorn Pipe and Society are unable to open their door this month. And they are now looking forward to October the 21st. So, we do hope that we can... Head down to the Blackthorn Pipe and Society at the Discover Ulster Scott Centre in Belfast for some real kick-butt bagpiping. But we now have to wait until the 21st of October rather than Saturday, which is a bit rubbish. But uh, thank you, COVID-19. And I think that's going to be a bit of a theme rolling through this episode. Hmm. Anyway, yes, just today, actually, whenever I'm recording this, uh, ourselves on the Big Rab Show launched a bit of a video uh, for you guys out there in the bagpiping world. We want you to be involved in our episode 200 show. Now, this is, again, it's an open appeal for all of you guys to get involved and to send us your thoughts and opinions on our podcasts very specific it's not talking about your thoughts and opinions on anything else in the piping world but specifically talking about our show is there something that you think we do amazingly and you want to praise us that's brilliant but also if you want to slag us off and say hey this here is a bunch of crap you guys can do it so much better and here's how you can do it then let us know let us know so if anything i'll actually play you the audio from the video right now Hello there, how you doing? It's Rab here from, uh, yeah, The Big Rab Show. How are you? We are flying towards episode 200 of The Big Rab Show podcast. And ourselves and The Big Rab Show team are just so proud of the body of work that we've managed to produce. But we have to stress, it would not have been possible without you guys tuning in each and every week to enjoy our amazing content. As well as our podcast, we have our Fuse FM radio show. We have our YouTube channel, all of our social media outlets. There's just so much. And if anything, we want to know what you guys enjoy most about The Big Rab Show. Do you watch our YouTube videos or listen to our Fuse FM radio show two hours live every week? Do you watch our live streaming from competitions, both in Scotland and in Northern Ireland? Did you enjoy our dramatic content, our performance videos, and our guest interviews? Do you listen to our weekly podcast, or do you follow us on social media with all the latest news and updates from around the piping world? A lot of questions there. A lot of us on the Big Rab Show team are so keen to find out exactly what you guys enjoy about the Big Rab Show. We have so many different outlets and ways of spreading our amazing instrument and love of the music that it's hard to know what exactly you guys enjoy about our show. So please do help us. Let us know what you enjoy most about The Big Rab Show or if there's anything that we can improve or do differently. What we want from you guys is to drop us a comment below wherever you're watching this right now. Or of course, you can email us bigrabshow at gmail.com. What we really want is voicemails. If you could send us in your voice, even a video file or whatever, 
then you could find yourself featuring on episode 200. We're going to talk all about the show. We'll look back over 200 episodes of the Big Rab Show podcast. But yeah, your voice, you can be featured on episode 200 if you just send us in a message and let us know what you think. Our email address, bigrabshow at gmail.com. So get in contact with us. We'd love to hear from you. Drop a comment and let us know. We love our piping world. It's people and the music. We love our piping world. It's people and it's music. We love our piping world. It's people and music. We love our piping world. It's people and the music. We love our piping world. It's people and the music. Thank you for supporting us all the way to episode 200. A heartfelt thank you for supporting us all the way to episode 200. Thank you for supporting us all the way to episode 200. Thank you for supporting us all the way to episode 200. And here's to 200 more. Yo! (laughs) Here's to 200 more. Here's to 200 more. Yo! Here's to 200 more. Here's to 200 more. Yeah. Indeed. There you go. So email us, bigrabshow at gmail.com. We all are really seriously interested in your opinions of the show. If you've you know ever enjoyed any of the content that we've produced here, we really want to hear from you. Uh, so yeah, email us, bigrabshow at gmail.com. Okay, so on to another little bit of piping news. I have to give a shout this week to Preston Lodge Pipe Band. Yeah, lead tipper Simon Grant put it out there saying that the band has had a pretty uh, huge or substantial amount of new drummers uh, join the development band for Preston Lodge and they actually need new drums. So if anyone out there has drums for sale or can either donate them or, I don't know, just get in contact with them. They're crying out for drums at the moment uh, because apparently they have had a huge influx of drummers with no instruments to give them. So if anyone out there can help, please contact Simon Grant on social media. Uh, Preston Lodge bands, the development band, all need a set of drums. I think it's particularly snare drums. uh, Yeah, I think it's snare drums that they're after. So if you can help or you know anyone who can for that matter, then please get in contact with Simon. Uh, The guys at Preston and Lodge uh, will definitely be interested in picking them up. So there you are. All right. A little bit of uh, piping news dropped, I think it was yesterday, maybe today, whenever I'm recording this. I don't know, all the days blur together. But I have to say a huge, huge congratulations to John Mulhern. Now, the reason why I'm giving John a shout this week is because he's been appointed as the head of piping studies at the National Piping Centre. Now, isn't that incredible? Now, John is actually filling the shoes of Finlay MacDonald. Now, Finlay, as you guys know, has moved on as the director of piping, but now John is taking over as the head of piping studies. So, which is just absolutely incredible. John, of course, was involved in Big Rab Show Live at Piping Live last year. Such a gentleman. And, yeah, he's actually released... Uh, quite a number of recordings, actually, and a number of solo albums and stuff. Uh, one called The Pipe Factory, which was just last year. It was really incredible recording. When uh, I think what John wanted to do was record bagpipes in their natural habitat without any studio jiggery-pokery and stuff. It's a really great album because you get to hear the atmosphere. Because he, in parts of it, he did record it in an old abandoned factory, and you get to hear all of the you know, acoustics and stuff and the pipes, you know, bouncing off the walls and the ceiling and it's, it's really atmospheric. It's a very, very good album. He's also a member of Trist, of course, and the Big Music Society. Uh, which, so, yeah, John, of course, is an absolute figurehead in 
the Celtic and folk music scene as well as competitive piping. So, yeah, we want to wish John the very best in his new appointment. I dare say he'll be incredibly busy uh, because I think they have already started online lessons at the National Piping Centre. So, yeah, those guys will be crazy busy. And especially John, now he's going to be stepping into that role of head of piping studies. So, good luck, John. That's going to be a big, big role for you. Uh, But, yeah, fantastic stuff. I think John actually has been there at the National Piping Centre since uh, 2008, I think. I don't know. This could be stuff that Rab got wrong, but it's been a good while. It's been a good while now. So it's great to see John taking up such a role of responsibility. Good luck to you, sir. Well done. All right. I wanted to give a mention this week to Shots and Dykehead Caledonia. Now, you guys know that they're currently in the process of running their online solo competition. Uh, They actually put a bit of an announcement out there just to remind everyone that they have until the 14th of September to get their videos in. So midnight UK time is the deadline for your video performances. Get them in by the 14th of September. Get that in your calendar. Very important date. And uh, yeah, all uploads and stuff need to go to competition at shotspipeband.com is the email address. So just for those folk who are entering the competition, that's your deadline. Uh, But also they put an announcement out to say that they've had an absolutely incredible number of entries. One of which that they weren't expecting and if anything, they've had more than what they've had on previous, you know, actual live <laughs> and in-person competition. Uh, so this event is proving to be massive. And as a result, they've had to enlist additional judges to, to take care of the sheer volume of people. So, yeah, the guys at Shots will be announcing over the next few weeks who these additional judges will be. And I'm very excited for that. That's awesome. So if anything, I want to wish the guys at Shots the very best with this. It seems to be uh, absolutely massive. (laughs) Given the amount of sponsorships and businesses involved in this incredible competition. But also the amount of people entering to take part in this event. It's just yeah, fantastic to see that there's a hunger out there for musicians to take part in events like this. So it's yeah, fantastic stuff. Can only be encouraged. Yeah. Well, I did say that this week's podcast will be talking about some cancellations, and yeah, I have to talk about it. The Levi Invitational Freestyle Solo Drumming 2020 that we were secretly looking forward to and keeping our fingers crossed because we were saying that no announcement was good news. And yeah, they made an announcement. On the 8th of September, Jim Baxter put it out on social media saying, yeah, there's been a decision to cancel this year's event due to all of the restrictions and everything with COVID-19. Thank you, Rona. Hashtag COVID carry on. So, yeah, it's absolutely gutting. It's a massive event each and every year, this Invitational uh, for Drummers. And, yeah, we we went to it, I think, this past couple of years. Uh, we actually live-streamed from it last year. And, guys, it's such an amazing event, with raising an, an amazing amount of money for charity. It's just horrible that it's not happening this year. So... Anyway, uh, we, he said he will hopefully see all of us back again in November 2021. So it has been rescheduled and we really hope that it'll open its doors again and we'll get some real cracking music. If anything, some of the highlights from last year's Levi Invitational uh, Freestyle Drumming uh, from last year are still doing the rounds. A lot of those videos are still being circulated around, especially uh, Willie Glenholm's performance from last year's Levi Invitational was just just ridiculous Willie Glenholms can just melt your face man with a, with a snare drum it's insane if you haven't seen it go and check it out it's up on the Rab Show Facebook page you can check through our video archive check out Willie Glenholms performance at the Levi Invitational last year 
Oh, what's he doing? It's absolutely insane. Go and check it out. You'll not regret it. But yeah, a bit of a negative story there, I feel. Yeah, not great news, but it's kind of par for the course now. We're kind of seeing a lot of stuff getting cancelled. Because the goalposts keep moving, I guess. But hey, there you go. We'll move on. The next news story uh, comes from the National Piping Centre. They actually put out a bit of a comment, or a statement, I suppose, uh, following something that's been happening on social media. Not so much in the bagpiping world, I have to say. It hasn't really hit the piping world at all, but it has been a big controversy over this past few weeks, actually, from the Celtic and folk music scene. There's a hashtag that's going around, Trad Stands With Her. Now, what this refers to is the treatment of women in the folk and trad scene specifically. And there is the general feeling out there that women or females involved in the trad and Celtic and folk scene are kind of looked down on and perhaps seen as secondary acts to the main headline act, which should always be a male. And there does seem to be that kind of male chauvinistic kind of attitude sometimes when it comes to trad bands or sessions even for that matter. And even when when it comes to booking gigs, you would normally see a female support act with a male headline act, which, yeah, it has been... Mostly the case for the trad scene. I can't say that's the case for the piping scene. Uh, But yeah, this has been this hashtag that's been flying around saying hashtag trad stands with her. And the National Piping Centre have got involved because clearly there's a lot of female pipers out there who are also involved in the trad scene. And it's great to kind of rally behind them. And the National Piping Centre came out with the following statement. The National Piping Centre stands with the hashtag trad stands with her campaign to support the promotion of a culture of respect trust and equality throughout the piping folk and trad music world as well as the creation of inclusive safe environments in which we can share the music we love and honestly ourselves here in the big rab show we want to echo that statement exactly now the reason why we didn't put anything out under the hashtag is because we haven't really seen it hitting the piping world Uh, we do kind of reflect mostly the competitive piping scene rather than the trad piping scene and there has been little examples of it here and there in the piping world from a trad perspective but not to the same degree as perhaps fiddle players whistle players and all of that you know in the vocal scene as well so yeah it's been more of a bigger deal i suppose in the trad and folk scene and the celtic scene as well but not so much for us piping uh, fans but Yeah, if anything, it's good news to see the National Piping Centre recognising this and also taking recognition of the trad scene and that bagpipes, especially Highland Pipes, is very much a part of it, you know? And it's great that they're supporting such a movement and if anything, ourselves in the Rab Show, we will wholeheartedly agree with that as well. So hashtag trad stands with her. We're all for equality, definitely, when it comes to music. Music is music, regardless of your gender. So, uh, yeah, I completely agree. There you are. All right. Now, speaking of gender and females involved in the piping scene, there has to be one who's had quite an interesting journey when it comes to bagpiping over this past year. Yeah, good friend of the show who managed to catch up with a few times last year on the podcast and, yeah, previous member of St. Lawrence Atul Pipe Band. Yeah, we caught up with her at Piping Live a few times and chatted away, but, yeah, we finally got to catch up with her again. And, yeah, what an opportunity, because what a story she has to tell. So, yeah, here's quite an awesome interview with Robin, Ada McKay. So, welcome to the show, Robin. Hello, how are you, Robin? 
Thank you very much. Good to be here. <laughs> well, if anything, you're no stranger to the show. We've had you on the Rab Show before, actually. No, a couple of times, yeah. Yeah, I think we, we caught you, first of all, at the St. Lawrence gig in Armagh, and then we caught you at Pipe and Live as well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was, was, was like a long time ago now. <laughs> I know, it seems like a lifetime ago, actually, yeah. But th- there's a good reason why, Robin, we have you on the show this week. It's actually because we wanted to talk about quite an adventure that you had not too long ago. But first of all, I want to chat about your time at St. Lawrence at Tool. Um, how did you find this last couple of years that you've had now with the Mighty St. Lawrence? Uh, they've been amazing. Like, as you know, the band's had a pretty successful couple of years, so... It's obviously a lot, a lot more years, but it's been amazing to be involved with the band and have all the opportunities that we have had. And even with the concert in 2018 and the continuation in our mat, like it was just such an exciting and like, yeah, a, a yeah. very exciting just exci- yeah. yeah there's, there's no other word to describe it that's it so that, that's what I was going to ask you is what's it like stepping onto that stage on the Glasgow Royal Concert Hall for for your show you know Tourist Kjol uh, that was bound to have been something special yeah, well, I'm, I've been pretty lucky in the past that I've managed to be on that stage a couple of times uh, through the mm. National Youth Band of Scotland and various um, gigs at Celtic Connections. Yeah, so yeah. So I've, I had probably a bit of an upper hand compared to most <laughs> people walking the stage because I can imagine it's quite daunting if you've not um, been there before because it's just such a legendary uh, concert venue, especially with uh, Pipe and Live and the Pre-Worlds uh, concerts through Glasgow Sky. That's it, exactly. So, well, if anything, then obviously with chatting to you at Pipe and Live last year, you had your own thing going uh, with various different gigs around the city and stuff. How was your Pipe and Live in 2019? Yeah, like so, Pipe and Live is always a stressful week for me because I'm it's usually not just the worlds that I've got focused on. It's usually trying getting a couple of gigs and um, playing as well as seeing. So it's, it's great to kind of um, have those opportunities through, of course, like the Python Centre and the Royal Conservatory of Scotland. Um, but uh, last year was brilliant because I was doing a duo, like a, a duo concert with my um, part, like duo partner Angus Lyon, who's a phenomenal um, composer, piano player, accordion player. Like he's just a wizard. So, <laughs> uh, <laughs> so it, that was really exciting because that was the first time I'd ever done. Um, Actually, sorry, it wasn't the first time I'd ever done a project myself. I had um, a band, right. my own was band it? in 2016. But oh, was it really? Oh, yeah, back in 2016. And all my friends <laughs> at the time. Oh, yes, there you go, yeah. yeah so it's, so, it's, it's been good to kind of continue that. Well, there you are, yeah, and continuing it, you are. If anything, well, I have to give a shameless plug for ourselves. You were there as Rab Show Live as well. <laughs> <laughs> I what know did, I was. <laughs> yeah, what do you think of that event? Oh, that was that was that was great. Um, uh, sorry, I, like, there was just so much on. So that was just that was that was like a great thing to be a part of. And yeah, stuff, so. if anything, it's a hectic week, you know. And I'm I'm sure like one day it blurs to the next of our piping life and all the rest. Yeah. Um, but Robin, I really wanted to chat to you about an adventure that you had heading to Wapol, Western Australian Police Pipe Band. How the heck did that come about? <laughs> Yeah, so um, there's a paper which many pe- people don't know called uh, Scotty Hanna, uh, plays for yes. Shots and Breakhead. Yes. Yeah, so he contacted me in 2017 because we're, we're good pals and I was giving him a couple of lessons on the whistle. Um, actually, I was in Canada at the time studying um, abroad um, at the Cape Breton University. And so mm-hmm. we're trying to kind of get through the time differences and we're just chatting away 
and he said that he was really, really wanting to take some time off and go to India uh, to do like a kind of leave without pay kind of thing and travel. And yeah. he was, would I be interested in coming and taking his job and his life and his flat and his friends and everything like that and keeping them warm for him to come back to? <laughs> so that's exactly what I did. And I came out, I went out to Western Australia in January and he went off to India. But of course, um, disaster struck and he had to come home early. But, uh, there you um, are. It was, yeah. So you were you were actually part of the police force. Like you were in the band, obviously as a player, uh, but you're like a paid member of staff. Would I be right in saying that? Yeah, that's correct. So basically, the pipe band is an as a unit in itself, and it has its own uh, building on the police complex. And that's where we go every day. That's where we're employed, and there's nobody else in it apart from the pipe band um, hmm. employees. Yeah. So, but it's not just that as well, because two days a week, um, everyone in the pipe band has to do other duties. So that could be going to different members, different parts of the police force, which you could be in an office doing like social media, or it could be with the canine unit and uh, with the dogs. Yeah. Or what I was doing, I was with the mounted police with the horses two days a week. Which oh, was wow. Amazing. Oh, that <laughs> sounds like so much fun. <laughs> I was, oh, I was honestly a dream come to pipes and ponies. Like, you can't beat it. <laughs> So, yeah, that, I, I don't, I'm sounding totally naive now, but your job essentially was playing pipes every yeah. day. And yeah, so I know, well, from my experience from watching stuff online from Western Australian Police, those guys do a lot of like, community outreach and stuff like that, like a lot of gigs and things around the local community. Was that part of it? Yeah, so basically, um, like a lot of it is community engagement. That's one of the essential kind of points of like being in the pipe band and is getting out there and, and explaining like pipe. Well, actually, I'll give you for instance. So when I was there, and we got to go to like a couple of primary schools, and that's kind of a regular, you know, sorry, was a regular gig now, I suppose. Um, and basically, we'd go there and we'd we'd play the pipes and the drums for all the children in a kind of assembly kind of format. Yeah. And, We'd like play like the hokey cokey and and, and child friendly kind of songs and get them all excited and explain to them um what the pipes are what they like what 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 each of the drums are and we try and have a bit of fun along the way so there's a lot of kind of made up names and some 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 humour as well so it was always really really good fun and afterwards we'd go into individual classrooms and they could ask us questions and it would be a wee bit more hands-on more involved like this is the pipes this is what they kind of like they could they could be a wee bit more intricate details and it obviously depended on which level of class you were going into but um, that, that was one element and then another would be um we'd go and do like kind of festivals and many performances like um Chinese New Year or like there was oh actually the Highway to Hell festival that that was incredible because obviously um the oh gosh this is embarrassing I can't remember the name but one of the, one of the members of ACDC was yeah uh, oh sorry ACDC also is from you know, Western Australia am I correct yeah yeah I think it's right in that area isn't it yeah Aye. Sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm showing myself up here. Oh, you're but, grand. I'm, I'm not a, a huge rock fan myself either, you know. But <laughs> Yeah, but we're playing at that festival and there was thousands of people. It was like three festivals, three different gigs in the day and one we were on a bridge and the calf, like, and then the, later on we're in this, this big kind of um, festival arena style gig and uh, just playing 
Thunderstruck and all the legendary ones, of course. Oh, brilliant, yeah. That sounds like so much fun, yeah. And to, to have a, a pipe band in the middle of that too is bound to be un, unusual too, I would say. Yeah, definitely. I think having a police presence as well is unusual yeah. as a police musical kind of group. So I think it's a good way for to see to get a good image in the public eye and see that it's not all just obviously um, rules and regulations. <laughs> That's it. It's not all catching bad guys. Sometimes there is the community <laughs> element of it. Yeah, exactly. We have nothing to do with that. We're just no. <laughs> <laughs> there. You go. So, if anything, then you literally moved out there. You moved your entire life, stayed out there, and played with the band. So that meant that you kind of left uh, everything that you were doing at home in Scotland with Glasgow and everything, and then obviously with uh, St Lawrence as well. Um, am I right in thinking that some of the you know, the musicians that are in the Western Australian police bands, they also compete with other bands as well. You know, do, do they do that kind of double job thing? Yeah, so uh, a few members of the band are still, like, obviously competing and they fly back and forward. Like, you've got David Johnson and Chris McDonald, who are both in the power. And then mm. um, you've got, for example, uh, Gary Potter. He's the leading drummer of Man of the Two. And we were actually fortunate enough to kind of go over to the New Zealand Championships in March before uh, everything kicked off with COVID. So yeah. uh, everyone does play for different bands, or most people, sorry, play for different bands and compete in our... There's a, a bit of time and uh, effort that you can put in during work hours. And it's always like, encouraged for self-development. So they it's a really are. great environment to be in. So how did you find the, the competition in New Zealand, actually? There's something I know nothing really about is the piping scene down under. We have a lot of Australian and New Zealand listeners, actually. So c- can you tell me what the scene's like down there, down, uh, down under? Well, it was actually my first ever experience. Um, I had never been to New Zealand before, and I was playing with the New Zealand Police Pipe Band. And they were so welcoming and like hospitable, and I made some really great friends uh, through it all. And like they th- flew me over the week before, and I... They, we learned all, all the music and there was quite a few flying players as well and so we learned all the music and we had they went to the band practices and then we went down to Invercargill where the the championships were held this year yeah. and it was oh it was such, like, they have such a great setup so on the Friday there was like a kind of a parade almost like down the street and oh, yes I've heard of this I, the, the yeah and a few bands were competing that day as well but we were competing the next day so it was kind of like Cowl meets the world. Like it was that kind of, <laughs> it was that kind of weird kind of mixture of uh, fun and like serious. Yeah, yeah. I, so the, there was that kind of serious competitive edge to it, uh, yeah. but also a bit of crack then. Yeah. Oh, 100%. And uh, I think there was such a great atmosphere as well because there's that, there's everyone who hasn't seen each other in a while and it's not just as easy as popping up the roads to, to see, to see uh, your pals as it is over here. Yeah, because that, that's one thing I got an appreciation for you know, whenever I went to the States last year. It's just how huge the distances were between everything. And like here in the UK, we throw a stone and you're hitting a band. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> so is that, that's pretty much that, that's pretty much the same then down under in New Zealand and Australia too, yeah. Yeah, I think so. And I think obviously there's a lot, because there is a lot of fly-in players and a lot of people from uh, obviously Australia. And I think there's a couple of Australian bands that actually went over to compete. Mm. Um, and so I think there's obviously there's a, that separation but I think it depends which band you're going to because I think if you're in New Zealand 
I, I don't really know myself, but I think yeah, it's just like, some huge know. distances. I think for players, yeah, and that's it. People have to jump on a plane to go to band practice. Oh gosh, I know. Like I didn't realize how how big Australia was, and until I was doing a um, a kind of a week kind of solo kind of trip, and I drove eight hours, and I was still nowhere even near like the edge of the state. I was not even made a dent. Like, like eight was, eight hours. <laughs> like in Scotland, like, so was, yeah. <laughs> That's crazy, yeah, and it's, you know it's something us here in the UK just take for granted. You know, you jump in the in the car for an hour, and you're you could be anywhere, you yeah. know. But certainly not in huge countries like the US or Australia. So yeah, is it something then, Robin, that you would recommend to anyone who would have the opportunity to go and play for Wapol or other bands in Australia or New Zealand for that matter, if they have the chance? Do you think they should do it? Oh gosh, I think I think it'd be silly not to. I think it's just such a different way of life, and even playing pipes in the sun is something to something to get used to. Not <laughs> will say my first gig in thirty odd degree weather, and you don't get that a lot over here. But if you can get over that and you can deal, I think you'd definitely uh, yeah. you should jump at the chance. I was going to ask, did you have any tips or that or that for coping with playing in such high temperatures? I actually have one really important one that was told to me. Do mm. not put suntan lotion on your forehead because it will really? just get into your eyes when you're playing. Oh, see. Yeah. Oh, I could, yeah, the oh. sweat. Oh, my God. I never it thought of a, that. It's a really bad experience. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> just with your eyes closed with the sun beating down on you. Yeah. So you're kind of playing like this then? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, oh, my like word. <laughs> So with that in mind, then, I think for anyone listening, by the way, if you do have the opportunity to travel with a set of pipes under your arm or a drum, for that matter, you should really do it. Yeah. Is it something, Robin, that you think you would do again if given the opportunity? Yeah, I think it is a silly, sorry, it is an interesting one because you need to think about like what you want to kind of do next. And what. And so I think it was an amazing chapter of my life. And I'll have to see what see where I am when the opportunity presents itself if the opportunity presents itself but it's definitely something I'd recommend and it's given me a whole new kind of respect for like the, like um, anyone in Australia and New Zealand has to deal with the kind of the different conditions and or the humidity or the lack of humidity and it's, yeah. it's definitely a learning curve as a piper and That's... how to maintain your instrument at that high level so it. It, it certainly presents its own challenges yeah but I have to say the passion for the music is definitely there. Like those folks, I, I, I don't know. I think that I'm a fan of piping, but my word, these guys are something else, you know? Oh, like, I know. So it, it makes you excited though, because I feel as though sometimes you can take it for granted and become a wee bit complacent at how amazing like uh, the instrument, like, like the, the pipe band scene is and having these opportunities to go across the world and having a ready-made family. Like I know if, if, like, it's a kind of, cliche thing to say that the like, pipe band's like a family but it really is like um I was super fortunate um to just get so many messages and texts and people asking to meet up with me or if there's anything going wrong or like they need an emergency contact they could I could use them and people I've never even met before oh, wow so yeah it's, it's amazing how you can feel so secure in a country that you've never even been to or like have any like there you go a home from home really yeah i think anywhere you go with the pipe band 
yeah, that's I'd have to agree with you. Yeah, 100%. So, Robin, then for yourself and, and your own playing, uh, for those who don't know, you're now back home in sunny <laughs> Scotland, for that matter, aren't you? <laughs> yeah. So, I'm actually in quarantine at the minute. <laughs> oh, are you? <laughs> yeah. Oh, so goodness. I'm back on Monday, but I, um, I never told my family or friends or anybody. So, if anyone's listening or anyone in the, in the band, <laughs> there you go. Hi, I'm back now. <laughs> <laughs> Surprise! <laughs> so, have have you any plans then for yourself? Well, once you're out of quarantine, have you any plans for any playing, any recording, anything like that? I think we'll have to see what um, like the kind of restrictions are at the minute. I think it's yeah. everything up in the air, and I think gigs are going to be few and far between. But I've actually, if it still goes ahead, I'm meant to be going to Germany in November with Highland Blast. I was looking. Oh, brilliant! Yes. Last year as the piper, and this year they want me as the dancer. So, I'll, oh, brilliant! So that'll be great to go back with the um, the fierce scenes that run the that run the festival, and it's a really it's actually one of my favourite uh, German tours because it shows what's actually going on in Scotland at the minute, and it's not short right. written. So, yes, yeah. I find it well. I, I didn't know you were involved in the show. Actually, I have actually quite a few mates that went to that the last time round. Oh wow! Uh, yeah, can you tell us a bit about it then? Like, you guys just head over to Germany and do a whole load of gigs and then just come home. Is, yeah. is, is that the story? <laughs> yeah, so basically, um, they have a, like a trad like a, a music instrumental band. They have yeah. a band that has like either a Gaelic singer or a Scots singer, and then they, they, they usually have a piper and a step dancer. So mm-hmm. last year, it was uh, really good because they had Dallahan and the Kim Carney band. And then yeah. myself and Megan Robertson as the piper and dancer. So I got on, it was just so brilliant because you just got there and, and you done a gig, you moved on, done a gig, you moved on. But it was really relaxed and it wasn't long or long hours, long days traveling. So yeah. it was a really good tour. So I'm really looking forward to going back on it this year. Fantastic stuff. And I'm glad you dropped the name Dallahan in there because that's who I was talking about. Those guys, <laughs> those guys are amazing. I, yeah. So yeah, th- they're mental. <laughs> yeah, that too. <laughs> so, if anything, Robin, welcome home. It's great to chat to you. And, uh, Thank you very much. Yeah. And if anything, then well, I want to wish you well and whatever you have planned now once you've finished your quarantine. Yeah. Thank you very much. <laughs> so keep us all clued in. Let us know what you're at, sure. And no doubt we'll be chatting more about it on the show. We'll plug the gigs for you, no bother. <laughs> Thank you very much. It's great to chat with you again. <laughs> you too, Robin. Take care. See you soon. Wow. There you have it. So that was Robin Ada McKay there. Absolutely brilliant to catch up with Robin. And it's great to see that she's home now. Yeah. So what an incredible trip. And if anything, I kind of echo just what we were talking about there. If you do have the opportunity to travel and just sample a completely different way of life through your music, then take advantage of it. Go and travel and do it. There's nothing like it. And uh, yeah, if anything, I was kind of reminiscing myself personally about this time last year. I was, you know, getting ready for Stone Mountain. You know, I had all the material learnt by this point and was just polishing it and starting to pack my bags and get ready for Stone Mountain, which is all sorts of depressing because it's not happening this year. Uh, but yeah shout out to the guys at north texas actually because we've really been quite busy this last while we did read it here on the podcast a while ago that aaron mclean uh, lead drummer of st joseph's of course he's helping the guys at north texas kind of polish up on some of their technique and stuff so you know we're not getting you know aaron to write scores and stuff like that full disclosure but aaron is certainly helping the guys at north texas with 
technique and exercises and different things and kind of working on rudimental basics, I suppose, and getting everyone, you know, everyone's hands moving and getting up to speed and stuff like that. It's been really enjoyable, actually. So having Aaron do that tuition and stuff, and of course our lead tipper, Winston, as well, has been there. And we've all been really busy behind the scenes at the guys at North Texas, working away with video conferencing and, you know, all the rest. It's just been a lot of fun. So it's great, if anything, to see that some bands are still actively playing and practicing and preparing so, yeah, shout out to the guys at North Texas. That's a full disclosure there of what I've been up to with my own drumming. There you go. <laughs> All right, speaking of drumming, I have to give a shout this week to the guys at the British Drum Co. Now, my message to the guys at the British Drum Co. this week has to be just stop it. <laughs> just stop it, British Drum Co. What are you doing to me? Now, the reason why I'm saying this is because the guys at the British Drum Co., I've said it before, they are the absolute masters of production of what I like to call drum pornography. (laughs) These guys produce some incredible finishes on their drums from the actual line, and I could just slobber over these pictures for days, and that's exactly what I've been doing. In fact, today, they've uploaded... New stuff onto their Instagram account. The British Drum Co. and Instagram, by the way. I, I just spent hours just trolling over all of the all, all the finishes, the uh, the drum kits, the everything on there is just amazing. So for drummers, if you haven't been checking out the finishes from the British Drum Co., especially this last few weeks, oh, oh boys, go and check it out. It's simply ridiculous. I think what's happening, actually... And uh, I don't know, I, I don't know if Stu listens to the podcast or not from British Drumco, but if he is, I hope he hears this. And uh, are you guys just playing about and having fun in the factory and just thinking, what if we make a drum with uh, gold rims on it, a black shell with a red thingy going through it and gold glitter and, oh, put diamonds in it as well and maybe like yellow squiggles and flames, we want flames on it. I think these guys are just having the best crack in the factory. (laughs) Dreaming up some incredible finishes on these drums, man. It's just nuts. So if you haven't checked it out, British Drum Co. on social media, they're putting these photographs everywhere. And yeah, bring a bib with you if you're a drummer because these are just ridiculous. They look incredible. So go and check it out. You've heard it from me. And my message to British Drum Co. is stop it. (laughs) Stop it. My wife caught me on Instagram before I come out to record this and she said, for God's sake, are you looking at drums again? So, yeah, sorry. <laughs> uh, crazy. So British Drum Co., stop it. <laughs> All right, well, yeah. Speaking of drums, there has been a little bit of a negative story that we have to talk about. Of course, when we talk about the pandemic and, thank you, COVID-19, yes, we have now finally got the announcement that the world's solos yeah, and drumming have been cancelled. Now, we were kind of expecting it to happen. We did read the story that it had been postponed until later in the year. We were hoping that it was actually going to happen around November, December time. But the announcement came out now, finally saying 
No, it's been scrubbed for this year. Now, I'm paraphrasing, of course. That's not the full statement. But if you want to read the full statement, you can do. It's up there now on the RSPBA website. They do talk about restrictions on international travel, uh, as well as indoor gatherings and the use of compulsory face coverings and all of this kind of stuff. Two meters social distancing. All of the above. Now, it's kind of, yeah, heartbreaking. Because I do know a lot of drummers out there were heavily preparing for this because they were using all the spare time that they had now. That Their band wasn't competing. They were using this time for practice and they were actually really gearing up for this year's world solos. And uh, yeah, it's brutally disappointing that it's not going to happen in 2020. So it has been rescheduled now to the 23rd of October 2021. So that's all sorts of positive news, I suppose, that it hasn't been scrubbed altogether for the foreseeable future that we do have a rescheduled date for next year. Now, a lot of people then were critical of that and saying, well, come October 2021, will we even be able to walk through the door by that point? Will COVID-19 no longer be a thing? And can we get back playing again? That's the million-dollar question, folks, and I don't have a crystal ball. But, yeah, at the moment, it's been postponed until next year. We won't have a world solos this year. That's quite a negative story. And I know a lot of people out there will be bitterly disappointed by that. So yeah, sorry guys. It is quite awful. And if anything, at this point, I know a few drummers listening to this right now who have been practicing for months for the world solos and actually hoping for, you know, some silverware to do well this year. And to those guys, yeah, they've already threatened, uh, saying, well, what was it all for? Why did I bother practicing so many hours a day? And they're all just throwing the sticks in the corner and going to forget about it. Guys, to you, I'm going to say, keep playing. You know, take a week or two off. This news, obviously, is gutting. So, yeah, take a week or two, you know. But then come back fighting because it, it's not over. It's, <laughs> it's not over. We have a rescheduled date for next year. So, yeah. You know, you have the time now. You have over you have over a year to prepare. And those months of practice that you've already put in aren't wasted, you know? Any kind of practice that you put in at all is uh, another penny in the jar, so to speak. So whenever you go to crack that jar open, if you find it full to the brim and you have a million dollars in there and you lift a prize, then, yeah, it's not time wasted. So don't get disheartened. I know a lot of folk out there will just be really disappointed with this, but honestly, keep going. Keep going. I know as hard as that a message is to, to hear right now, don't be completely disjointed with the thing. Don't give up on us. <laughs> All right. Maybe play some Call of Duty and watch something on the telly and then lift the sticks again, you know? <laughs> All right. I wanted to give a little mention this week to a video that we actually produced specifically for our YouTube channel, which is difficult to say right now, specifically for our YouTube channel. It was a hearing product, uh, hearing protection product review, actually. We actually purchased a few uh, little hearing protector things, uh, one from Flam5, one from the dollar store or the pound shop, and also one from RG Hardy, the pipe band plugs. And uh, yeah, if you want to know my thoughts on hearing protection and these particular products, I actually do in the video i lift the pipes and give them a blow and put the ear protection in and then let you guys know my thoughts on on each so if you are interested in these and um, let's face it everyone is practicing indoors at the moment and so especially if you're you know practicing on your snare drum or your bagpipes for that matter and then you really need to invest in some hearing protection because it's something that you know honestly that we shouldn't neglect i know there is that kind of macho thing that oh, i don't know need hearing protection and then, well, 
What? What? Yeah, you will need hearing protection, trust me. <laughs> There's nothing tough about blowing a set of hyaline pipes in a very small room for a long period of time and then coming out in your ears going, yeah, that's not fun. So, yeah, go and check out our video on hearing protection and we do a bit of a product review on that. So, yeah, that's actually been well received. Yeah, so there you go. Go and check that out. It's very interesting, actually, the whole process. Hmm. Now, last week, we managed to speak uh, to someone who's actually quite a legend on the podcast. Yes, Mr. Robbie McIsaac. A lot of people were really interested in his new product, the Flux Blowpipe. And you guys really seem to be checking out the product in your droves. Uh, Checking out his Facebook and his social media. And uh, as a result, I think he's had quite a lot of interest in the new product. And I said it on the show, this can be... Totally revolutionary for the piping world, so it is a really interesting product. They actually put a bit of an announcement out there recently on the 6th of September that the, the that Robbie himself has reached the final of a bit of a competition. It's called the Young Edge Competition, uh, where he's able to pitch his idea of his new product and actually be in with a chance of winning up to 10 or 15 grand, 10,000 or 15,000 pounds worth of investment. Now, isn't that incredible? Now, as far as this Young Age competition, I think it's an engineering kind of competition type thing. And uh, yeah, if they are suitably interested in this product, then hey, we could see like a 10 or 15 grand, you know, grants just to help develop it. And we could see this product going absolutely worldwide. Now, Robbie himself, obviously is doing what he can on his own finance, but this will be a massive boost to him. Uh, So I have to say congratulations to Robbie. Reaching the final of this competition is huge. And it just shows you just how incredible this product is, the Flux Blowpipe. So, yeah, we'll be following that with interest and reporting on news. I do wish him the best of luck. I hope to report uh, shortly here on the show that he's actually won it. Yeah, so good luck, Robbie. And, uh, yeah, what an incredible product. If you haven't checked it out yet, please do. Okay, moving on. Now, speaking of events being cancelled and such, there's one such event that's actually been uh, rescheduled. Now, this was due to happen at the end of August, but has now moved to the 14th of November. I'm talking about Manawatu and their winter Kaylee. Yeah, so Saturday, the 14th of November, it will be happening. Yeah, so if, for more information, of course, check out Manawatu and their Winter Kaylee details on their social media. Uh, for tickets, are $65, and for that, you get dinner, a dance, and all sorts of entertainment. Now, there's a live band called Bowmore and all the rest, and I'm, I think Manawatu actually make an appearance themselves. So, yeah, what an incredible night's entertainment. Uh, incredible night's entertainment and you'll be helping raise money for the band as well for their winter Kaylee. so i really hope that that does manage to happen uh, but i think it's very similar to what's happening here in the uk with dates and that being rescheduled as a result of the tightening and easing of lockdown oh, craziness anyway I have to give a shout this week to Scaryvore. Now, we keep mentioning Scaryvore on the show for some reason, but there's a couple of news stories featuring Scaryvore that I had to bring to this week's show. Did any of you guys see their live event called Live Across the World? Eh, I did talk about it on last week's podcast, and uh, yeah, for Scaryvore fans, I have to say it was just simply epic. Now, you could pay what you afford. Pay what you can afford, I think, was what they put on their website. You don't have to pay like £30 for a ticket or something and then you get the link. No, they put the link up for the show and you can watch it. And then if you can afford to pay them a few quid, then great. You know, so I think that was a fantastic idea. And I think the guys at Scaryvore actually managed to raise quite a few pounds or two to keep the guys afloat, I suppose, over the, over, you know, over the next few months when gigs are still cancelled. 
Now, just as much as I'm talking about Scaryvore and their online gig, the guys at Scaryvore actually have raised quite a dose of money for charity. 2,700 odd quid as well. Yeah, that's how much. From the sale and the downloading and streaming of their charity single, Everyday Heroes. Yeah. Now, if anything, this was a tune that I was absolutely addicted to. Absolutely loved it. And I've played it in most Fuse FM shows whenever I could. And yeah, every play and download and purchase helped raise money for the Royal Hospital for Children in Glasgow. So they've raised over two and a half grand for charity just by playing music. So fantastic stuff. So well done to the guys at Scaryvore. Simply brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. All right. Now, we're going to get into the thick of it here, folks, okay? The news story that you're all tuning in for. But at this point, I figured I should take a very short break, get a little swig of water or something, or maybe half a cup of tea, because this news story itself is huge. So, yeah, let's take a little break at this point, and we'll come back with possibly one of the biggest news stories to drop this past week. McClellan Bagpipes from North American artisan bagpipe maker Roddy McClellan from Euston, Scotland. They adhere to the highest traditions of Scottish bagpipe making, using the finest materials, employing bespoke design and committing to constant innovation and evolution. Including exciting new products such as the Elevation Chanter plus restoration work on vintage bagpipes for the next generation. Check out bespokebagpipes.com for more information. McClellan Bagpipes Born in Scotland, made in the USA. Well, hello, folks, and welcome back. Yes, this has been quite an absolutely insane week in the bagpiping world, I have to say. And some people would say it's positive news, and some people would say it's negative news. Either way, it's news. Now, what am I talking about? Well... This past week, the Royal Scottish Pipe Band Association put out a statement, of course, putting to rest all the widespread speculation that Ian Ambleton, chief executive of the RSPBA here in the UK, is stepping down. Yes, now to read the statement in full, I'm going to I'm going to read this word for word and I want you guys to digest this, okay? Then we're going to get into the story itself because I think the statement itself is really quite interesting. Now, this came from the pen of Mr. John Hughes from headquarters. And he said, The board of directors were today advised the chief executive, Ian Ambleton, plans to retire from the role at the end of November 2020. Ian had originally intended to retire after the World Championships in 2020. But with the current situation, he agreed to delay his retirement until later in the year. Ian has been pivotal to the organization since he joined us in March 2001. And after almost 20 years, and now he is approaching his 70th birthday, he feels the time is right to retire. The board expressed their sincere thanks to Ian for his service over the years and the energy, dedication and knowledge he brought to the organization. Ian has kindly offered to remain with the organization on a part-time basis post-November to assist with the transition. And I draw a breath at that, okay? Now, and I know it's a bit of a catchphrase here on the show, draw your own conclusion. Now, we're going to get into the kind of the nitty-gritty here, and we're starting to look at various different online news sources 
who report the same story. And we get to see the differences in reporting. A lot of people out there report one side of the story saying, yeah, Ian was a legend. And we're also seeing the other side of the coin saying, well, perhaps he wasn't quite the legend that everyone seems to think he was. And um, hmm, we'll talk about that. But yes, we did get some listener mail. Now, I wanted to start off with a little message that we got from Davey. And that's all I'm really going to say. He doesn't want a surname given out. Uh, So shout out to Davey who listens to the show. Now, he says... If the RSPBA appoint a new CEO from within its ranks, it will be its failing. He said, Ian was a breath of fresh air coming from a banking background. He established the association. However, under the direction of the membership, came under scrutiny after the membership rectified the decision of a board of directors, he became cannon fodder. This man has done more for the association in 20 years that many directors or National Council will ever achieve. So Ian Hamilton certainly has his supporters. I have to say, I've had many interactions with Ian Hamilton over the years, with myself, the Big Rab Show, you know, working, trying to cover the piping world, and Ian was a regular contact of mine. Quite a few times I would have been on the phone with Ian Hamilton talking about issues in the piping world, and Ian was always very helpful. You know, he was always really gracious and fit to answer a lot of questions. And there has been occasion where Ian has said to me, Look, Rab, I can't answer your question right now. We haven't got the answer for you. And basically, I can't talk about it right now. But we do hope to have an answer for you. And then if you want to phone me again and we have the answer for you, I'll talk to you. Now, over this, this hasn't happened over this past year. Yeah, 12 months it's been. The last time I have actually spoken to Ian Hamilton, I would say, was about a year ago. Possibly a year, a little bit more than a year. Um, it used to be Ian and I would have spoke regularly whenever I had questions of the RSPBA I would have lifted the phone, phoned the office and the office would have put me through to Ian and we would have talked about it and then I would have reported the story to you guys and I knew the information was correct because it came from the source nowadays with all of the ongoing difficulties and controversies and everything there hasn't been that that contact there and uh, it kind of tells me how things have changed over this last few years especially within RSPBA and their own administration of the organization. Everything seems to have been tightened down, clamped down, and a wall of secrecy. I've spoke about this before, that we have reached out to RSPBA countless times to ask for answers to questions, and we get absolutely bubkiss. And that's, yeah, pretty much the flavor when we're talking about the resignation of Ian Hamilton. We've actually reached out to RSPBA for... You know, a little bit more on the story. Has there been a particular reason why Ian has decided now to step down, especially during the middle of all of this craziness of the pandemic? Is that why Ian is stepping down? Or is it just simply because he's reaching his 70th birthday and he's had enough? You know, it's difficult to know because that hasn't been confirmed. But everyone out there, I'm sure, will draw their own conclusions. There has to be a catchphrase man on this show. Alright, so let's get into some actual listener mail, and we guys, we, we love it when you guys send in voicemails, and one of our good friends actually from the Chandoran show did such a thing. So, um, yeah, let's play it with bated breath, shall we? <laughs> ah, there we go. Rabbi, 
It's Josh, your brother from another mother, and I have to ask, what in the hell is going on in associations right now? <laughs> First, we get the pipe band's Australia resignation, which was explained to me about as clearly as the origins of a drop bear, and now I'm hearing that the RSPBA CEO is resigning after 20 years of hemorrhaging almost enough money to pay my student loans. Ooh. Is this because the furlough period is ending, or because they already spent the 50,000 plus pounds they collected from bands to hold zero contest this year. I, I just want to know what you think. Uh, anyways, great shows lately as always. And I will catch you on call of duty soon. My friend, cheers. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah. This past while I've actually been playing call of duty and stuff with Josh. I think we we managed to get one game, I think together, but I've just been very busy with the show and stuff. So yes, I'll see you on call of duty, Josh. But, yeah, to talk about what you just mentioned, there was so much in that little short voice clip there. Yeah, there has been the mention that uh, Mr. Embleton is hanging on until November because uh, furlough here in the UK ends on the 31st of October. And it has been rumoured that the RSPBA are in incredible financial difficulty. And this could be Ian Embleton... Um, staying until the end of October because uh, at the moment taxpayers are paying about 80% of his wage and not the RSPBA. RSPBA are paying between, I guess, 10 or 20% of his wage at the moment, something like that. Um, but yeah, at the moment, Ian Hamilton doesn't actually have to do any work because he's on furlough and he legally can't do any work. And yeah, so why not hang on for another few months and get wages, you know, especially if you can't do any work. So it makes sense, and a lot of people have suggested that. Well, saying, well, why hang on until, you know, November? Why not just go now? Why why hang on? So, yes, that has been a suggestion. But, yes, another suggestion has been, um, after all of the financial debacle and the redevelopment of headquarters and that $1.2 million or whatever it is, that investment that they had on Washington Street, and we've seen that it hasn't had... A huge financial return. They've invested 1.2 million in the renovation of Washington Street and found that the valuation of the building is about half of that, not even. So if they were to sell the building, they won't get their money back. And yes, we've spoke about this before. The financial position of RSPBA is possibly the worst it's ever been. And there has been talk now online specifically about possible redundancies. And that RSPBA could well find themselves in insolvency very soon. That has been bandied around from various different news sources, so that's not coming from me. Uh, but yeah, it has been talked about that this is a, a real potential thing that could be in front of us. And as a result, if the RSPBA are financially insolvent and they have to close their doors, then what are we going to do about next season? Or will we even have a season at all? Will we have an association? A lot of people, along with Josh, have suggested that this is Ian Hamilton jumping from a sinking ship. And that's not me saying that. <laughs> Full disclosure, uh, that is the commentary from you guys. The bagpiping world are saying, yeah, it's no surprise that Ian Hamilton's jumping at this point because let's face it, the house is on fire. You're going to jump out the window when you can. So, yeah, I wanted to delve into a little bit more detail, but Josh came out with some real corkers there. Uh, the £50,000 collected from UK bands. Uh, yeah, that's a thing. And, yeah, UK bands did pay their fees for this year. 
and zero competitions happened. And we did mention it on the show that RSPBA put the statement out saying, ah, see that 50 grand you all paid us? Well, you're not getting it back. It's spent. Uh, it's gone. And if anything, we're going to put out an announcement now to say that you're going to start paying us a competition allowance uh, for our bigwigs and stuff. You know, so as we go to competitions, we're going to get paid uh, a lovely check as well as our travel or hotel and our meal allowance. And... Um, yeah, that's what your 50k has went on. It's gone. It's disappeared. It's paid for administration fees and costs and such. And, uh, oh, here, by the way, we're going to redevelop the website. Yes, we're going to have a brand new shiny website for our association so you can look at the results and stuff from previous years and look at photos and that. Won't that be great? Can you understand the frustration of the bagpiping world at this point? <laughs> I just, I don't know. It's almost becoming a parody of itself, I think. The whole situation is such a mess. But also, he did mention Pipe Bands Australia and the resignation of their chief exec as well. People have suggested that this could be tied. The two can be connected in some way. I don't know if that's a thing at all. In fact, I don't think it is connected at all. And yeah, but we just read the RSPBA statement and it could well be that Ian has had 20 years, 20 years in the role and he's approaching his 70th birthday and he's just had enough, you know? And let's face it, Ian hasn't had a very easy run of things. It's been 20 years of incredibly hard and difficult work. Whenever he was first appointed, his uh, back in 2001, his salary for a year in that post back in 2001 was 50k. 50 grand a year Ian was making as chief exec of RSPBA. Now what that is now in 2020, I couldn't tell you. I don't have those financial details in front of me, but I know when he was appointed as chief back then in 2001, he was getting 50 grand a year for the privilege. Not an easy job. I do think that the wages actually reflect the difficulty of the post. Uh, because let's face it, this, this, this last while, this, especially this last 12 months, Ian has come under intense scrutiny, including the review that happened with the charity regulator and all of that. Maybe Ian has just had enough at this point and just say, ah, you know, stuff it. You know, I'm retirement age now. I'm just going to hang up the brogues and go and sit in the backyard and, you know... <laughs> And who would blame him for that matter? So, yeah, I did mention that we would look at some uh, of online news sources and how they reported the story. And it really are, it's really interesting to see the positioning of some of these online news sources. And sometimes you really have to consider the source that you're reading. I want to start with a particular article that was published by Piping Press. <clears throat> yes, Piping Press published an article uh, saying that the RSPBA said in a statement today that Ian had originally intended to retire after the world. So basically just echoing and all of that. Echoing what was said in the statement, so I'm just kind of summarizing now. But then the article it says goes on to say that Ian has been pivotal to the organization since he joined in 2001. And uh, then goes on to say... Goodness, I don't know... Where is it? The where is it? Ah, the full story? I'm trying to find. There's so many different reports here. Uh, so Ian was pivotal to the organization. I've already said that, but 
I don't know where to go with this article, man, because it's so difficult. Because trying to get the actual news out of it, because it's such a glowing I love you, Ian Hamilton piece. Whenever you read it, it says, The board expressed sincere thanks to Ian for his service over the years and energy, dedication and knowledge. So that's already been said already. But the editor has went on further to say that Ian Hamilton has been an outstanding service a servant to the RSPBA over two decades, and he has overseen the turnaround in the association's finances, which were in dire straits when he assumed the office. Now, Ian Hamilton, like I said, has come from a banking background, so he's not hes not a slow coach when it comes to finances. And at that time, sure enough, back in 2001, the RSPBA were in financial difficulties. Now, I'm not going to tell you exactly how they came out of financial difficulties, because that is quite controversial as well. Uh, We'll leave that for another podcast, possibly. But, yeah, that was a story back in 2001, which I'm sure a lot of people will not want to hear again. Hmm. But, yes, he did oversee the finances, and they did dig themselves out of a hole. Uh, But he's also went on to say in this article that he's been instrumental in the renovation of headquarters building in Washington Street, and the -the state-of-the-art building will be a physical reminder of his contribution. So should we stop calling it Washington Street now and just call it Ambleton Street? I don't know. Uh, He's went on to say in this article saying, Ian came to pipe bands with no knowledge of this musical world nor its politics. He was thus able to deal with everyone with equanimity. Which I don't know what that means. He also said, without any agenda impinging on his decision making or his approach, this earned him the respect of all bands, association officials and the wider pipe band public. Now, I'm not going to completely disagree with that. Sometimes there has been decisions that have hit Ian Hamilton's desk, and he did make some big decisions that, honestly, a lot of people felt were the right direction. And he did have his fans, not going to lie. There has been some people out there saying, yeah, he's done really well here, you know? So, yeah, on occasion, that has been true. On occasion. Now, moving on, he said, he has entered pipe band folklore, an achievement very few of his predecessors managed. His deadpan delivery of world-changing results have become the stuff of legend. Um, that's quite a glowing review. Uh, he reads results on a microphone. Uh, but yeah, fair enough. He is the voice of the world. It'll be very weird to hear a different voice, have to admit. After hearing Ian, Ian Hamilton over the last 20 years announcing the results, it'll be very strange to hear someone else doing it. I have to agree with that. Uh, It says, Ian has done an outstanding job for us all and can now look forward to a thoroughly well-deserved retirement, satisfied with his endeavour and respected by all who worked with him. Now, Piping Press published that glowing review and said just how amazing he was. And there has been that reflected on social media as well. We have seen some of the piping big guns actually coming out in support of Ian Hamilton and wishing him well in his retirement. Uh, One such uh, person actually was uh, Stephen McWhorter, lead tipper of uh, Inverarian District, said, you know, how he'd done a fantastic job and wished him well in his retirement. So there certainly are the people out there who think that Ian has done an absolutely outstanding job and has, you know, suffered all the slings and arrows and came out of it shining like a new pin. However, (laughs) however, to give the other side of the argument, uh, there are those sources out there that Ian Hamilton... uh, Yeah, they're... 
yeah, quite scathing of him. Uh, so they're saying here, well, pipesdrums.com, um, yeah, have given credit, saying that he's developed closer ties with various organizations such as the National Piping Center, the Piping Live Festival, and uh, the, you know, the whole Piping Live Festival, and that was all under Ian Hamilton's reign. Also, the bringing of the BBC in to cover events such as the Worlds each year was also... I think a bit of a brainchild of Ian Ableton and I think Mervyn Hearn as well from Northern Ireland was involved in all of that. So, yeah, there has been quite considerable change under Ian Ableton and that, you know, some really for the positive, I have to say. Uh, but also, yeah, he's not without his controversy and, like I said, the whole redevelopment and all of that will certainly be a black shadow over everything that he's done. Now, there's also been quite a lot of stuff about rule changes, player registration Uh, all sorts of madness that I'm not going to get into here, but there has been a dark side to it as well. So reading the rest of what PipesDrums.com had to say, they actually talked about something that no other article did, and they talked about the possible successor. And that's where I want to finish this week's story. Because at the moment, we do know that RSPBA are actively looking for a successor. As to where they're looking for it, I don't know. There has been that threat, like Davey said in his listener mail, that they could recruit from within. And it has been heavily suggested that John Hughes is the odds-on favourite to take over the job. Hmm. Now, John Hughes, as we know, is already on the board of directors and has taken quite a, a role of late, uh, releasing all sorts of statements and press releases through Piping Press. Uh, and recently... John Hughes has created a bit of a stir because he was lobbying RSPBA members recently uh, to contact their member of Scottish Parliament to end the, uh, you know, lockdown and all the rest so people can go out and practice. So um, it's been interesting having RSPBA involved in politics. And that was John Hughes who did that. And, yeah, it's been suggested that possibly John Hughes could be up for the role uh, to fill Ian Hamilton's shoes. Hmm. Now, I have to say, we have no idea. It has been speculated that John Hughes will be the guy for the job. Uh, There's also been a few other names that's been thrown into the hat as well. A few potential people, but again, they're all internal people. There hasn't been a suggestion for an open competition. Ourselves in the Big Rab Show, I'll put myself out there. I'll put my backside on the line because you guys hate it when I sit on the fence. I would love for RSPBA to advertise this publicly. I want them to reach outside of the organization and get someone with professional qualifications and a little bit of business know-how and actually employ a chief exec from outside of the organization and with no knowledge of pipes and drums. Now, that might sound absolutely ludicrous, but I think it's nearly necessary. Because let's face it, We all know that most people involved in the RSPBA are in some way associated with pipe bands, piping, drumming, or anything of that nature. We do know that most of them are registered with bands, and as a result, that kind of, yeah, it doesn't darken their name by any means. And I know people would all be shouting, oh, they're biased, they're biased. But yeah, what I want to do 
Or what I wish they will do is that they'll advertise it publicly and give the job to someone who really isn't connected with pipe bands at all and have a business acumen and have no agenda at all. And then people can't cry, oh, bias, bias. And they can't shout that. And that's exactly what I want. I don't want people to say, oh, well, he's associated with this band and this band and this band and that's why he's making that decision. I want to remove all doubt and I hope that's what they do. So, will that happen? Don't know. I guess we have to wait and see. Again, as always, it's a closed shop. We're getting absolutely zero from our RSPBA, other than to say that Ian Hamilton is still in position. He's still there now, uh, all the way up until November, when he will eventually hang up the brogues and sail off into the sunset. I'll be honest, my own personal opinion is... (sighs) In a way, I'll be sad to see Ian go. Over the years, Ian and I have kind of established a bit of a rapport. Now, I can't say that Ian was our biggest fan of ourselves here on The Rab Show. There has been times where we have bumped heads. Let's just say that. Hashtag stream git. But there has been occasion uh, where ourselves and the RSPBA have really... Uh, you know, been on the same track and the pair of us have been working towards the same objective and that was heavily promoting our bagpiping world. And there has been times where that relationship with ourselves and the Rab Show and the RSPBA could never have been better. So, and that is all part of Ian Hamilton actually engaging with folks like me in the media and all the rest and actually trying to engage with the piping world. Now, recently, of course, this last year or so, we have seen that shut down and it hasn't happened as much as we would have liked, uh, which is a bit negative. And now we see all the controversy with the redevelopment, the financial problems, and now Ian Ableton's gone. And we do think it's kind of a breakdown of uh, everything that's happening at RSPBA at the moment. It's very sad, especially now that we're talking about possible redundancies come the end of October And even the possible insolvency of the organization as a whole. Now, I hope I'm wrong. I hope to be in October, November time. And this could be... I really hope to be wrong on this. uh, Because I really don't want to see our RSPBA fail. I honestly think it is an amazing organization that can be run better. I'm not going to lie. It can be run better. It does have its problems. But it's something that we can solve easily, I feel, with the right management, with the right decisions, and the right democracy, I feel, with the involvement of bands. It's so important to have that band's voice in there. And I've said it before here in the podcast, bands need to go to meetings to make decisions and all of that, so I'm not going to start going over that again but my own opinion is i'll be sad to see ian go i do feel that we did have a rapport back in the day maybe not so much now but back in the day we certainly had a rapport together and he definitely did help us us ourselves here on the big rab show when it came to addressing queries and questions ian was always very quick to help us and get an answer for us he maybe wasn't as helpful with other matters because there was the odd time where we did butt heads, like I said. But yeah, I do feel that, yeah, his legacy, if you want for that matter, has been mired with various controversies over the past 20 years. Not just this one with the redevelopment, but a lot of others that I'm not going to mention in this week's show. If anything, I wish Ian well in his retirement. I hope that he has a restful and satisfying retirement and that honestly... Yeah, he just enjoys hanging up the brogues and just getting away from it. And I hope that's what he has in front of him. 
with no more controversy, no more people from podcasts phoning him and saying, hi, can you give us an answer? Uh, yeah, I wish Ian well in his retirement. And it will be weird hearing someone else's voice reading out the results at the Worlds. And uh, yeah, we will keep you updated on this news story. Of course, as it develops, we will be letting you know uh, who will be stepping into the shoes as chief exec. And obviously, guys, this will have huge implications for the piping world. I'm not going to lie. Whoever steps into that chief exec role could absolutely transform everything that we're doing. We're already seeing transformations already in the mouth of COVID uh, with possible changes to our world championships and all of that, even if we have a world championships for that matter. <sighs> Guys, it's really difficult times in the piping world and seeing new stories like this with such figureheads in the piping world are stepping down. It's dark days. I'm not going to lie, it's dark days, and uh, yeah, I regret to see Ian go, you know, uh, he isn't without his problems, I'm not going to lie, he has made some decisions that made me question, uh, what? Uh, but there, yeah, there has been occasion where I have thought, yeah, that's the right choice, you know, but hey, we're all human, we make mistakes, and that's what makes this world so interesting. So yeah, I wish Ian well in his retirement. Uh, regardless of your opinion of him, I want to know your opinion, so whether it's positive, negative, just where do you think our pipe band world will be this time next year? That's what the weekly drone is all about. Hey! Do you like the way I tied that in there? <laughs> <laughs> Professional radio guy knows how to make links. Yeah, honestly guys, that's where the weekly drone comes in. This is an opportunity for you guys to give your voice on this topic and a wealth of others. Email us in, bigrabshow at gmail.com. And if you want it to be featured on the weekly drone... Uh, your name isn't included, by the way. I have to stress that. Your name isn't included. Uh, so we just read the story what it is, but we don't include your name. Uh, but also put it in the title or somewhere in there that it's for the Weekly Drone. And we'll include your story in our new section on next week's podcast. There you are. So guys, if you have an opinion, give it to us, warts and all. Good, bad, positive, negative. Email it into us, bigrabshow at gmail.com. And you'll hear it on next week's podcast. Anyway... Didn't I tell you it was a crazy week? <laughs> now, I do stress to all of you guys, whenever you're reading all of these online news sources, Piping Press, uh, BagpipeNews.com, uh, I think it is, uh, PipesDrums.com, and also a lot of the social media posts that we're seeing online from a lot of different sources from people who are apparently in the know, in inverted commas, and we're seeing rumor upon rumor and stuff. Just think everything with a pinch of salt, I will say, and just draw your own conclusions, all right? I'll say that. That's a catchphrase on this show, man. Someone has to make us like a jingle or something, and I just press a button and it goes, draw your own conclusions. Yeah, so someone out there who's creative, mick me up, that, that I'll bring it into the pot. That'd be quite funny, actually. Same way Chandaran has a bell, I'm going to have our draw your own conclusions. <laughs> Alright guys, I'm rambling now. I think it's at this point I should go and get a proper cup of tea now. Yeah, it's time for the Topic of the Week. LoneStarPiper.com Serving the piping and drumming community in the United States for over 10 years. Featuring R.G. Hardy's full line of bagpipes, including Henderson's, and Gallic theme lines of kilts and doublets, and bespoke Highland wear, including sparns and cap badges. LoneStarPiper.com 
offer tailored payment plans on any set of bagpipes. If your drum corps needs a new look, then they can help you with a full custom design from Andante Drums and custom bass heads from Evans and Remo. Lone Star Piper will also be distributing the latest Axial line from the British Drum Company. If you have any questions about any of the major brands they carry, you can contact Jeremy at sales at LoneStarPiper.com LoneStarPiper.com Check them out. The British Drum Company is a young player in the drumming world that has established its reputation as a manufacturer of exceptional drum kits and it's now turning its attention to the bagpiping world. The world of pipe band drumming is represented by the Axial Range. Launched in August 2019 with innovative features developed alongside British Drum Co. International Marching Specialist Jim Kilpatrick, MBA. The stunning Axial Range was then selected by the Grade 1 Drum Corps of Glasgow Police Pipe Band for the 2020 season. British Drum Co. drums are all handmade, made by craftsmen in Stockport in the UK. The build quality and attention to every detail is second to none, contributing to British Drum Co.'s reputation as artisan makers of some of the finest drums available today. These drums are available only through approved British Drum Co. specialist dealers. For more information on all British Drum Co. products, please visit BritishDrumCo.com or follow on Facebook, Instagram or Twitter. The British Drum Company. Look amazing, sound amazing, feel amazing. Hello, this is Fred Morrison and you're listening to The Big Rab Show. Ah, yes indeed. Can you believe we've got to this stage in the podcast and we haven't hit Topic of the Week yet? Yeah, it seems to be every week our show's getting longer and longer. I don't know. But the news keeps happening, man, and it's just insane. In fact, I think there's probably some news stories that we haven't featured, actually. So, hey, we'll probably bring it on next week's podcast, but we need to rattle on. We've quite an awesome topic of the week this week. An interview that we've been promising to bring you guys for quite a while. And we've been talking about this fella. It seems to be on every podcast for this last number of months. Of course, I'm talking about Kyle Howe. Now, we've been promising to bring Kyle on the show for the longest time, but Kyle is an incredibly busy guy and for the longest time hasn't had time to sit down and chat to us because he is so busy in everything that he does. He's a former bagpiper with Heron Valley, of course, from the trad scene, but also he's a chili piper and he's also a teacher as well. He's heavily involved in the piping scene and it was just awesome to finally catch up with Kyle and just talk about bagpiping and what makes him tick. So, without further ado, let's introduce Kyle to the Big Rab Show. So, welcome to the show, Kyle Howe. Yes! <laughs> so happy to have you on the show, Kyle. It's been a, it's, yeah, a labour trying to get you on, man. You're a busy man. No, it's crazy. Obviously, it's, it's different now with um, no gigs happening and all that, but it's, it's nice to eventually manage to get a, a wee spot on here. <laughs> <laughs> And they, so, well, first of all, welcome to the Big Rab Show. Uh, but we have been fans of yours now for years. We, it's, we seem to have been following your career now since, I don't know, a long time. So for folks listening at home, do you want to give a bit of an introduction uh, to yourself and your playing? Yeah, well, um, I've been playing pipes now for about 18 years. Um, it took me six months to go from my first lesson onto pipes and playing with the, the band, uh, the Boys Brigade at the time. And... 
Uh, I mean, since then, I'll, I'll try and keep it brief, but um, since then, there's been a couple of grade one bands. Um, Red Hot Chili Pipers have been doing stuff for them for nine years now. Um, and um, been doing lots of teaching and stuff like that, lots of touring and gigging and um, folk bands and Kaylee band stuff as well that, that kind of creeps in. So I'm, kind of, I'm all over the place, as you said, it's, it's been tricky to get a, a time put down just with everything That's that goes it. on all the time. Yeah. That you're an incredibly <laughs> busy guy. And if anything, my, my first introduction to yourself actually in your playing was through the Spirit of Scotland pipe band yeah, yeah, uh, and yeah. your involvement with them. How did you find that? Kind of, it was an experiment, wasn't it? The whole thing. Yeah, it was. It was terrifying, really. Um, <laughs> obviously, cause, I mean, there was a couple of young guys in the band. Um, David Shedden, he was in the Pipe Corps um, as well, and a couple of other young guys. But obviously, I mean, like the first practice I went to it was a fairly quiet one. I think there was only eight guys at that one, mm. um, which was fine. That was a nice kind of way to break me in. Obviously, I'm looking across the room at gold medalists, and, <laughs> and then there's me uh, standing with my chili piper pipes. So. Um, well, I was honestly terrifying, but it was one experience um, being able to kind of mix all these guys and uh, speak to them about their career and all that. It was just, it was incredible, um, an incredible experience. That's it. And I think yeah. you guys held your own, you know, for only being together for such a short space of time. You've yeah. done, done really well. Yeah, it was, it was, it was probably a bit of a surprise, actually, to um, Roddy and most of the other guys. Um, so it was quite, yeah, a couple of places in the top six, um, which was great. Um yeah, crazy. I mean, it's, as you said, it was thrown together in um, a very short period of time. Like the first time, it was only a week that they had for the first time around. Yeah. Mm. Um, and yeah, still a very short space of time to get things up and running and tunes learned and kind of styles kind of settling in and all that. It was crazy stuff. It was, I don't know when that'll happen again or if anyone would want to do it again. Um, even out with the spirit, it's just it's such a crazy idea to bring so many people together. Um, for yeah. one season, one pipe band season, when obviously there's guys like, I mean, anyone else in grade one are practicing every single week. Um, yeah. Even now they're all on Zoom practicing. It's, it's crazy, the, the commitment and all that to it all is, um, it's wild, it's wild stuff. Yeah, yeah, no, that's it. So, but, but Kyle, you're involved in all aspects of piping. Like you say, your involvement with pipe bands, obviously being the competition at the top flight, but you're also involved in the trad scene, like you were saying. Uh, yeah. If anything, I'm a huge fan of Heron Valley, and whenever you were playing with those guys, it was like a match made in heaven. <laughs> yeah, I loved it. It was a brilliant year. It wasn't even a full year, actually. It was like 10 months or something like that. Mm. Um, but I think it was, the, it was the, the first trip with them was the American tour last year. Um, that was where I had the daily vlogs and all that going up. Three, I vlog almost every day for three weeks, um, as well as all the gigs. It was, it was hard work, but what a trip. It was probably my favourite tour that I've, I've ever kind of went away with um, a band. I've done loads of all the, all the chilly tours and all that. It was, it was so much fun um, and very relaxing. And obviously yeah. playing all the trad tunes with epic guitar and piano and all that. It was, it was brilliant, a brilliant trip. Yeah, that's it. So, if anything, that kind of segues me into your YouTube thing because that's how I followed the tour was through your daily vlogs. I'm a huge fan of your channel, man. Do you want to tell us about your YouTube channel? Yeah, well, I mean, I also I like watching YouTube videos myself and follow a lot of kind of big vloggers on there and all. Casey Neistat, all these people. Yeah. Anyone who knows YouTube will know all these guys. Um, and I I've always kind of been interested with the camera stuff and all that myself. Um, and it was a couple of years ago, I think it was a couple of years ago now, that I finally put a wee bit of money into a decent camera, um, and a decent laptop to edit things off of and all that. And it, kind of, it was a slow start. It took like 
five months for me to eventually do anything with, with the camera. Uh, yeah. I was just to suss it out. And then, um, so the, the YouTube vlog thing, um, it was, I thought it was a good challenge, obviously being away with Ellen Valley. Um, it, was, it was kind of late nights and all. It was, it was hard going. The, the, the gig would finish uh, at like 11 o'clock or whatever, half 10 even. And then there's obviously the, the packing down of all the gear and getting out of the place. So we went back to hotels by like midnight or later most nights. Yeah. And obviously I had the videos edited to go live the next morning. So um, I spent most nights awake um, at the end of the bed on the laptop editing the, the video from that day to like three or four in the morning and up oh. at seven or eight to drive to the next gig. So I mean, I nearly <laughs> killed myself during the, the tour. I had, I had to miss a gig um, because I made myself so ill with the, uh, all the work. So um, yeah, it was crazy stuff. But, yeah. if, if anything though, those videos are so valuable. But what I loved about them was it showed the grittiness of it that it's not yeah. all glamour it's not all <laughs> on the stage with the lights like you guys going into an airbnb and finding this place is a bit weird that you know <laughs> <laughs> it was all of that and as you say the loading of the gear like all of that's on those videos so yeah i have to stress if anyone yeah. is interested go and have a watch at kyle's channel do, do you want to give it a plug mate um what were the, de yeah. the details yeah, well, it must be youtube.com slash Kyle Howie, I'm, I'm pretty sure. Uh, youtube.com slash C slash Kyle Howie um, should take you right to the chat. It's also it's all on my, my Facebook pages and everywhere else. It's all linked um, all over the internet. So. Indeed, yeah. <laughs> but you, you also, as well as your time with Heron Valley, you also detail your time with the Chilies. And you're all over the place with the Red Hot Chilies and playing in some really quite interesting gigs from huge big venues to little small intimate ones you know um so with your time at the chilies is there any of your i don't know time with them that you would say is particularly memorable Oof, um uh, most most of the gigs now are actually quite memorable for, for, for all their own <laughs> reasons um, <laughs> just all the characters that float about and all it's always a brilliant laugh but um oh memorable things um i think the, the first gig that I played with them, um, which was almost nine years ago to the day almost, um, was in Austria. Um, and with the Chili's, and anyone who's new at the Chili's, you're, you're thrown into the deep end. There's no music sent to you to learn. You, just, you get sent the tracks, the actual tracks, and then yeah. you get taught all the dance moves <laughs> uh, just before <laughs> the gig. Um, so it's, it's terrifying. And I remember... Um, walking onto the stage in, in Austria, I following Craig Monroe. I, I walked on behind Craig Monroe. Mm -hmm. um, and I remember thinking at the time, oh my God, this is, this is nuts. This is actually about to happen. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I mean, obviously the, the crazy gigs, there's been uh, New York Grand Central Station for oh, wow. little tiny private parties and all that and um, touring all over the place, like America, Canada, most of Europe. Um, China. I went to China for six weeks with the band. Wow. Um, we had Rab Matheson uh, join us for a couple and a half weeks um, of the tour. It was just insane. Some of the places and the gigs have just been wild. That's um, it. As you say, touring all over the place. And yeah, literally, yeah. It's yeah, crazy. If, if anything, then, as bagpipers would mostly be listening to this show, um, what's it like traveling with a set of pipes? Because obviously climate has such a dramatic effect on the instrument yeah. do you find that you're uh, struggling with that a wee bit yeah the i mean I, i've always played sheepskin as well so that makes it a little bit harder for me yeah. to um, keep my pipe solid in a, a kind of high altitude place or a very hot country mm. um and i mean maybe not, not a plug but that that, that tone protector and um, we got sent some by yeah. Yuri Chisholm and that 
that's an absolute game changer if we're in America or anywhere with a, a climate that isn't Scotland, basically. <laughs> um, these things are brilliant. Pipes are so solid with them now. Um, and obviously, because the gigs are long, they're like an hour and a half worth of playing each night. Yeah. Um, so the pipes take a beating. <laughs> um, well, that's it. So like, I'm sure as you start the night, I think we spoke to the Chili's before at their Belfast gig, which was an arena gig. And yeah, they say yeah. they actually tune their pipes flat at the start of the gig because they know they're going to go up there. Yeah is, yeah, is that the case for you guys? Yeah, yeah, just playing, I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the first solo I think of the night, I, I usually get landed with loads of the solos um, as well. <laughs> um, and, and the first one of the night is usually Thunderstruck. Um, so you need to kind of plan, like I, I need to plan, like, like if I set my, my pipes to this pitch, um, mm. like a little bit flatter or a wee bit sharper if I know it's going to be roasting in the venue. Um, I need to think, well, I'll have already played like three full sets before I'm playing by myself. And obviously with a chili gig, you can't just put the high A and tune your drones. It's <laughs> you just need to play and not yeah. worry about it. Um, so that is tricky. Trying to, there's so many things to think about um, with bagpipes. I mean, obviously every piper knows that anyway, but um, sticking a live performance with no opportunity to tune for an hour and a half. Um, that's an extra bit of pressure on us oh, as well. Certainly it is. That's a long stretch, actually. So I'm sure there, there is times when the Pipers leave the stage and I can just have it in my head. I don't know if this happens, but as soon as you guys go stage right, stage left or whatever, and we don't see you, I just picture you all back there tuning like crazy. Is, is, uh, that, is that what happens? Um, I, I go off stage and I try and tune my pipes like as soon as I can because hmm. um, then they're as close to being set to the climate that we we're just playing on stage so i'll try and walk off stage and quickly get to the green room and give them a really quick tune and then put them down and just leave them and i'll go on um to the second half without touching my drones just the most they'll, they'll be maybe a wee bit flat sounding uh, but also by the third or fourth set in the they, heat they come um, back up again right back, yeah and they're fine again for any other solos that you might have to be chucked into <laughs> indeed but kyle as well as your bagpiping and your involvement with the chilies you're also a multi-instrumentalist if you don't mind me saying and quite an incredible whistle player do you do you find the two worlds kind of <laughs> in, intertwined between the whistle playing and, and bagpiping Absolutely. I mean, it's almost uh, it's, it's, it's almost a must, actually, for um, pipers, um, let's say in Scotland, that's where it would mostly be the case, but like for um, Cayley gigs, a lot of my gigs that I do are bagpipes and whistle, and actually mm. it's more whistle that I play during the night because we're playing with fiddle players, so um, we need to have tunes that go beyond the bagpipe scale uh, that can fit in well with them, because obviously if we limit fiddle players to nine notes, and that's kind of... <laughs> uh, they'll be a bit upset. <laughs> um, yeah. So the whistle is it's, it's a back to front bagpipe essentially. Your low A um, on a whistle is an E in fingering almost on the practice chatter. So you, you're almost thinking kind of upside down with your head. And mm. obviously the embellishments are totally different in that you only can play a G grace note strike um, and a G grace note you use your tongue for. Um, so there's lots of stuff. Um, as you say, they're very, very similar and they work so well together. but. Um, they are totally different instruments to each other, which makes it a lot more exciting as well for everyone involved. Well, that's it indeed. So, Kyle, I know at the moment, actually, I have been using your YouTube channel as a practice tool, if you don't mind oh, me saying. I'm yeah. learning how to pipe at the moment. Like Andrew Shilladay is teaching me. And currently, one of the tunes I'm learning, actually, I have the sheet music somewhere, uh, Dream Valley. Uh, oh. I'm learning that at the moment. and. I was, in fact, just before this interview, I was playing along with your video. <laughs> yeah. But you know what's fun about it is I'm just learning the tunes, but you have the harmonies there as well. Yeah. yeah. I mean, these, these videos, um, 
was it was kind of an accident how they all kind of happened and now also there's there's so many of them now but um that was the Apple Highlanders video that I'd done um it, it was the first video that I put up on my, my Facebook page I think and I'd done really well and one guy on the YouTube channel asked Where, where's the sheet music and I thought actually, I didn't uh. think that far ahead so I put obviously sent the link to the guy and I thought actually I'll just make this available on my Facebook page and there was like 300 people downloaded it in like the first couple of days so I thought <laughs> I should do this for more tunes <laughs> if people like what's going on so they, they get the melody and they get the harmonies and all that as well I'm, I'm handing them out alongside the music so um, and also they're, they're going into these PDF packs as well so hmm. um, I love writing harmonies um, and I remember the, the first time I I started kind of messing about with harmonies was, um, I mean, what I would do, I'd, I'd get my practice chat and I'd play like, I'd play round tree into my phone um, and then I'd press play and play along with myself and play the harmony oh, and, the yeah. and play the first. And I thought that, that's how I kind of got into the harmony writing thing. Um, so it's so much better now that I've got a Blair chanter and a phone that has all the software uh, there and does all the hard work for me. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> so, folks, if you haven't checked that out, you know, and they are going to look at Kyle's channel because, well, let's face it, you have to. There is so <laughs> much content there for, you know, complete beginners, but also for advanced players too. You know, yeah. I think one of your most popular videos actually is how to play Thunderstruck. Yes, that's right. It's, I think it's over 11,000 views now. Um, yeah. I kind of forgot about it. I mean, a lot of these videos, there's, there's some tunes that I really like. Like I, I keep listening back to my press for time thing that I put under that long ago. Oh, and, yeah, it's a, <laughs> and, it's a cracker. Yeah, <laughs> well, but um, there are but a lot of the videos that I put up, I don't, I try my best not to watch them. I try and do something else, obviously, with my time. But um, that Thunderstruck video, um, yeah, 11,000 views. I, I, I kind of, I, I honestly forgot about it. And I went back, because I remember it, it done really well the first time round and got like, 4,000 views in the first kind of couple of weeks or whatever. Um, yeah. And I thought, oh, that's quite good. And then didn't really think about it again until um, I started uploading again just a couple of months ago and saw that it was doing extra well. I thought, well, this is quite something now. There you <laughs> go, yeah. So, no, well, aside from the YouTube channel and all of your work with that, you're also teaching. I don't know where you find the time. But... <laughs> I, I don't <laughs> So yeah, you're teaching online lessons at the moment. Is that right? Yeah, um, do you know it, it was actually something I was very skeptical about. Um, cause obviously Skype's been around for a long time, and I was I, I never wanted to teach online. I thought that's that's not for me. I, I can't see how this could benefit anyone really because um, you want to be there in person to like really show and demonstrate things, yeah, or even yeah. just tune their pipes and move bits of tape on their chant and say, oh, if you do this, then that means this, blah, blah, blah. Um, but these Zoom lessons, obviously, because we can't teach in person, I thought, I'll just need to try it. And thankfully, it was one of my, my, my music friend's younger brothers who was the first person to sign up. So I thought, that's good. I know the person, and that could kind of ease me into it, possibly. And we had the first lesson, I thought, this is amazing. I mean, the only thing we're really missing is me tuning their pipes. So now I just yeah. need to explain over the, the internet. Uh, oh, if you just move your drone up a little bit now, or whatever, that, that should get your uh, antenna yeah. out of tuning more. So it's a little bit harder, obviously, with that. But um, in terms of teaching and um, learning tunes, and even finger work, because I can still hear if they're playing an E grace note instead of a G grace note, um, yeah. you can still progress with it. So that, that's the biggest kind of thing that's come out of lockdown is that I can teach online and still see progression from mm. the pupils, uh, which there is also go. the most important thing. Yeah. It's <laughs> interesting, actually, you know, I didn't think that the online thing would ever work. And because yeah. Andrew and myself, we can't meet in person now, online is the only option. And as you say, yeah. the, the tuning thing is the only thing we can do. 
Andrew's yeah. tried explaining it to me. Oh, no, just sh- sharpen that a wee bit. Sharpen yeah. it. Does that go up or down? Or <laughs> yeah, I'm not getting it. But you know, <laughs> I will get there eventually. Uh, so, Kyle, then for anyone who's interested in getting in contact with you to check out your YouTube, your social media, all of it, what, where do people go to find this? Um, as you say, just Facebook's great. Um, Facebook's fast and easy, and everyone's on it. Um, the YouTube, you can obviously get in touch with that. And then there's also my website, obviously, where all the music, sheet music is. Um, there's a lot of opportunities where you could send in a wee email or whatever to the website. Um, and sort things out. I think there's only been a couple of people um, that have gone straight to the website and the booked. Usually, obviously, people get in touch with you and say, oh, you're free for lessons and how much yeah. are you, blah, 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 all, all that stuff. Um, but it's been great with the website because obviously people can pay with their cards and it's, it's just so easy now. Um, so uh, some, yeah. I've had a couple of people that have gone straight to the website, booked their four lessons in a block and then just got in touch and say, are we good on this day? And I've been like, yes, let's do it. And then they've all turned out great. I've got a brilliant group of pupils now um, who are all working really hard, which is very good um, to see. Excellent stuff. So it's kylehigh.co.uk, is that right? Yeah. That's yeah, the yeah. There you go. A shameless plug, but why not? Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> so Kyle, obviously a lot of people listening right now would be massive fans of yourself, the Chili's and all of that. And we've, we've got some actual listener questions here. If you don't mind, I'll just go through some of them. Yes, yeah. Uh, well, yeah. Well, number one on the list is, uh, are you an ice hockey fan? I don't know where that came um, from. Well, um, kind of, um, with the Heron Valley trip last year, we all had to pick a team. Um, oh, yes. Keith, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, Keith, the keyboard player, he's a massive fan. New York Rangers is his team. But obviously, the, uh, if I had to pick a team, it would be the, the Toronto Maple Leafs. There you go. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, that, that would have to be the team. I, need, I still need to buy a T-shirt or a hat off their website. So uh, maybe for the next interview, we'll be in, in all the regalia. You'll have all the, all the gear. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, also, well, someone who is struggling uh, with learning how to play bagpipes for the first time and they're still on, uh, what, do you, what is this? Scale navigation is what I have written down here. Have you any tips and stuff for beginners who are having difficulty then? Yeah, I mean, there's obviously the, the usual tips and kind of hints like make sure you're practicing and it, it is the case, but... Um, if you're getting stressed out or frustrated with something, just put the chanter down and come back to it later. Um, finger yeah. work is a big thing for me and my pupils. Um, I, I think I, I was quite lucky to get really good tuition when I was young, um, and that kind of stopped any bad habits from forming with me, which obviously helped me to progress faster. So mm. um, I try and put that into my teaching. So finger work, also straight fingers and how you play things. Um, and just, yeah, kind of speed. It's more about the speeds. Um, and the stress, if you're, if you're getting stressed, just relax, because um, there really isn't a rush, especially nowadays, um, when there's nothing to really perform at in public. Um, just it. take your time and don't worry about it, because if you've got a good teacher, um, <laughs> then you, you, should have, you shouldn't have any bother with um, moving on to the next part of learning with your grace notes or whatever. There you go. Not that sound advice there, I think, definitely. <laughs> Slow and sure wins the race, Kyle. Yeah, exactly, um, yeah. And other than that, we do, we do have some big rab show staples, actually, that we ask every guest who comes on. Uh, first of all, Kyle, what's your favourite cheese? Um, it, it would have to be double Gloucester. That's been my lockdown cheese um, of choice. Um, I haven't tried I mean, that now. Oh, it's brilliant. It's, it's, really, it's like a red Leicester type deal. Um, it melts really well. <laughs> um, 
it'd be the slogan for that, I think. <laughs> oh, God, sir. I like the sound of that. That sounds kind of cool, actually. Uh, also, yellow flashes on pipe band uniform. Yes or no? Oh, it's a, a definite no from me, I think. <laughs> I would have to agree, yeah. Sometimes, that, yeah, you could see some horror stories. But, yeah, not, not for me either. Uh, pineapple on a pizza. Yes or no? Um, I, I would probably say no to that one as well. Although I've never tried it. Uh, <laughs> but I can't imagine it being very good. <laughs> no, that's it. Yeah, that's it. It's not for me either, I'm afraid. Yeah. Um, also, it's a question that we ask everyone who comes on. and We have to ask it. Um, what has been your most embarrassing moment so far in piping and drawing? Uh, there's also quite a few uh, that I could speak about. Um, uh, maybe some not broadcastable, <laughs> I'm sure. But <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I also, I played the Basil tattoo a few years ago, and also lots of partying involved after each performance. And I remember getting chucked in a bin. I got thrown into a massive bin once, but, which was <laughs> awful. And, and fall, I fell asleep on a zebra crossing whilst trying to get back to the hotel, which was also not ideal. Um, I think the, the, the best thing, most, mem- most embarrassing thing didn't happen to me personally, but I was very much a part of it, which was, um, it was Hugmanay 2012 with the Chili Pipers. Um, and we were playing, it was... Probably still one of the, the kind of the flashiest gigs I've ever played. It was at the, the Casino de Monte Carlo in Monaco. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. Yeah, it was a big gig. And we were booked to play for an hour in the run-up to the Bells and obviously play Old Lang Syne at midnight. Yeah. And um, so obviously Monaco was jumping. The place was rammed, the whole square, um, with lots of, obviously, lots of very nice bottles of champagne. And um, yeah. Willie, <laughs> Willie Armstrong... Um, thought it was a good idea to um, do a test of the countdown 10 minutes before the bells. And obviously a lot of these people were too drunk and maybe not paying that much attention to what Willie was saying um, and obviously didn't realise. So he starts the countdown. 10. Oh, no. 9. At 10 minutes, 10 minutes. Before, and the organisers at the side say, like, no, don't stop. And everyone's on stage like frozen, like, no, no, is this happening? Is this really happening? And then he does it, he gets all the way to zero and goes like, hey, and like that. And everyone goes, yes, and starts popping their magnum champagnes and all that. Oh. And the, the organizer's like, oh, and honestly, you could just imagine the, 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 the scene. Um, so oh, that, that's, that's epic. Absolutely up there. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, next time I see, well, I'm going to have to tackle him about that. that that's yeah. hilarious. Okay, every now and again, we get him with it. It's brilliant. <laughs> I think, what's the word they use now? Cringe. I think that, that's cringe. what... Yeah, yeah. That's, more cringe. <laughs> that's just what that is. Yeah. Oh, amazing. So, Kyle, again, man, thank you for coming on the show. Uh, it's been a, yeah, a labor of love to get you on, but it's awesome to <laughs> chat to you. Yeah. Uh, thanks very much for having us on as well, yeah. No problem at all. And we wish you every success, actually, with all of your playing, your YouTube, your teaching. There's so much going on. Keep us all informed, mate. You know, what's happening? Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Definitely. Indeed. Well, we'll hopefully chat to you again sometime in the future, Kyle. But until then, we'll see you again. All the best. Thank you so much, Kyle, for joining us on The Big Rab Show. It was awesome to chat to you. And uh, yeah, hopefully we will get you back on again. I'm sure there's a wealth of stuff we could be talking to you about. Yeah. <laughs> so there you go. Finally, we had Kyle Howe on the show. You! I'm so happy about that. So guys, that's it for another Big Rab Show podcast. Thank you all so much for downloading this week and each and every week. And don't forget to tell your mates about our wee show. And uh, yeah, if you'd like to help support us, check us out on Patreon plus 
you can get your Big Rab Show merch, bigrabshow.com. There's a little shop icon there. Loads of ways you can help support us, of course. And also, don't forget our new weekly feature, the Weekly Drone. If you do have a complaint or a moan that you want, and you want to do it completely anonymous and have it read out by someone on the show... There's your opportunity. Email us in, bigrabshow at gmail.com for our weekly drone feature. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that, actually. Also, don't forget that uh, our episode 200 is coming up, and we want you guys to be a part of it. We want you to tell us what you like about the show, but also what you hate about the show. Yeah, we want to hear all feedback from you guys, what you love, what you hate, anything at all, any commentary based on our own show, and yeah, we will bring it to episode 200. So you have a few episodes yet until that big episode drops. Um, We want to hear your voices, your emails, your comments, anything at all that you guys can bring for episode 200. We want to hear it. There you go. I'll just say that. So it's an open forum. Email us in, bigrabshow at gmail.com. Honestly, guys, we do pride ourselves on being the show for the bagpiping folk. So if the piping folk are quiet, then we're going to get quiet. And our episodes would last about 20 minutes. <clears throat> like one premier pipe band pod, pod, that other podcast. Yeah, anyway. Uh, yeah, that's us. We're out the door. <laughs> <laughs> thank you all so much for downloading this week honestly and uh yeah if you've enjoyed this show or any other show then definitely tell your mates subscribe if you haven't already so each and every week you'll get a little bing, a little notification to let you know that rab has uploaded another one so until next week guys i'm hoping for a quieter week <laughs> we'll see you right here on the big rab show podcast all the best Well, that's it for another Big Rab Show podcast. Thanks so much for downloading this week. And a special thanks to our sponsors, G1 Reads. Played by bands around the world, including our two-time world champions in Vararian District. Don't forget to check out thebigrabshow.com to be kept up to date on all the latest news and views from around the piping world. Plus, of course, check us out on Patreon and become part of the Patreon faithful for just $5 a month. Get your hands on tons of extra piping goodness. So until next week, folks, we'll see you right here on the Big Rab Show podcast. All the best. <laughs>